All right, hello everybody. Welcome to episode five of the IGDA Twin Cities podcast. We've got a bunch of stuff to talk about tonight and a few surprises. So uh, let's get started. Who's with me tonight? Anybody? Anybody? I'm Tori, the audio guy. Who else do we got here? I'm Jackie. I'm not the audio guy. <laughs> I'm Zach. And I'm also not last... the audio guy. Yeah, I, I used that same line last month, but I'm going to go with it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose we should introduce. We have a special guest with us tonight. We have Zach Went with us. Hello. Hey, Zach. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> Terrific. So, uh, well, everybody probably knows Zach, but he's, I guess, what we would call the president of the Twin Cities chapter for the IGDA. And somehow he got in that role. I'm not sure who he killed or maimed or slept with in order to get it, but uh, we're going to find out. Or at least make up some stories that we can spread. Some hard-hitting journalism at work right here, right now. Yeah, preparedness. Here we go. <laughs> we will get to the truth. Oh, yes. All right. All right well, let's, let's, uh, let's get into it. Um, I guess we normally start out with... Uh, what we've been up to or playing and stuff like that. And I have to, you know, I'm going to start out and say, I haven't been doing a whole lot. Um, I played a little bit of amnesia a few weeks ago and I've actually been without desktop PC TV with VR for like four days now. So, um, I've been a little bit, uh, couch potato with the, with the Roxy. So or Roku box, I should say. So not a whole lot other than the, the, crash after my presentation last month, <laughs> earlier this month a lot of weight on my shoulders finally went away that was nice <laughs> it's a good presentation thank you to talk about it um well, other than than you know my busy night there uh, what have you guys been up to well i have exciting news that i can only partially tell you about but we hit our major milestone and we finished up our alpha last night and it's pretty awesome. So I'm super excited about that. Start our beta next week. Super excited about that. Um, we'll be adding to the team. So I haven't had a chance to play anything really. Um, been except just kind of working on that. Except your alpha. Yeah. Well, and a lot of funding stuff is ramping up right now too. So hmm. we're filling out some applications and gathering information and putting together powerpoints. It's very glamorous. No, Are you gonna pull in external testers? Uh, for the alpha, no. Alpha is just a proof of concept, but for the beta, um, yeah, we probably will. And I don't know much about it. Is it uh, online connected in any way, or is it a single-player game? Or It's a single-player game. Okay. I'm still saying it's a robot dating sim <laughs> for the future. <laughs> the year you can. 2000. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not going for that bait. <laughs> You said what it was called last month. You got a name? Yeah, everybody has to go listen to the podcast last month oh, to find out what you said it was called. That. See see the trick I did? Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> well, is that know. is that the big surprise? No. <laughs> <laughs> there will be two great reveals tonight. Just wait. Wait. Oh, but it'll be more than that. <laughs> I got bombs, yo. I'm oh, full. he does. Mad bombs. Bad bomb. All right. Anything else, Jack? You've been playing anything, or no? Like, like been... I said, it's been busy the last couple of weeks, so um, it's been it's been work. Been with, doing work. With le- living the dream. With legitimate game development, even. So that's I a... know, I know. It's like I'm. I feel like I'm really part of the club now. It's exciting. Welcome aboard. 
Yay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tori, your turn. So I finally was able to sink my teeth into Portal 2 for at least, you know, 45 minutes, which was pretty cool. And uh, I'm really digging the game. Multiplayer is really, really cool. And other than that, just a ton of voice acting. And I keep trying to get more time to play video games, but it's hard. Yeah, it's gotten back to the single player. Played through the the two-player game, and uh, it was amazing. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Well, I've been working too much, and uh, did get a little gameplay in, in the last night of the Gears of War 3 beta. And um, I'm not a huge Gears of War player, but um, it's nice kind of how accessible it is and how you can either be a super Twitch man or you can use a little bit of tactics and all the retards running around, you can uh, still get kills in. Um, and they do a good job of not being you know, a clone of somebody else. It's it's kind of a distinct style and some unique semi-cooperative game types, but not so cooperative that it doesn't work in a, in a group full of, uh, you know, people you don't know and yeah. are not the brightest and not cooperative and <laughs> like to run directly into the last place they got killed and get killed again. Sounds like online play. Yeah, but it doesn't, it doesn't break in this case. The other one, um, I rented Brook and got a couple nights in. That's the opposite. Um, where you've got specialists and you got to work as a team. And based on having between zero or three people that actually know how to play the game well is if you pass the level or not. But uh, it's got a unique art style, and um, people compare it, I think, to Team Fortress 2. It's not that much like it in gameplay, I guess, just the idea of having these different specialists and the fact that one can build a turret and the other one can disguises. Um they do a whole lot more. That's not at all like uh, Team Fortress 2. I heard um, Game Informer, they didn't have their review up on release because they didn't they didn't feel they actually got the full experience. Yeah, nobody did. Um, PS3 was down. Xbox went to reviewers without the patch. They made it playable online. Oh. <laughs> and uh, the only real reviews came out for PC. Okay. Yeah, that's the only thing I've heard about it. I've also heard it was kind of lackluster, like not a lot of people real excited about it. It's it's hard to get into. It was really tough. Um, it do, it's not polished to draw in and have a nice uh, ramp up a difficulty like a like a Valve game or something like that. It's it's like hitting a wall and then getting killed a lot. It's it's interesting to me because like compared to Team Fortress, you know, Team Fortress is that uh, so it's super easy to get into. There's no real level progression. It's just run around shoot and die. You know, yep. not a lot of thought to it. And then Brink, it sounds like it's trying to add some of that stuff to it. But I don't exactly know what the appeal is, at least on Xbox. You know. Well, and in uh, Team Fortress True, I mean, if you team up two guys that are shielding each other or buffing each other or doing something, you can really roll a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but yet, people that have no clue how to play the game are still having some amount of fun. And this kind of has that. Not as much, though, because you can just run in and get slaughtered over and over if the uh, area is well defended. Right. Well, oh, and, and I have a bird story. Oh, angry All bird right. story. Uh, this would be a real bird. <laughs> so uh, Friday night, uh, went out for dinner with the family, and then we're just coming back to the house for uh, my kid's birthday and open some presents. And I got there first, and bird lands in the tree in our front yard and starts making weird noises. And I look at it, and it's not your average bird. It's uh, it's not an angry bird either. It's um, basically gray and yellow head, and got some kind of crest on it. And I knew that wasn't normal, so I'm pointing at it as the people are pulling up to try to get him to look. And then I look over the bird, and it's flying straight at my face. Whoa. And, Sounds like uh, a cockatiel. And it was a cockatiel. 
but uh, you reckon my story. It lands on my Sorry. arm and then crawls up next to my neck. And uh, <laughs> are you my daddy? Walks up, walks up to my neck and just clusters in there for some warmth. And then after a while, starts picking at my hair. Um, uh-huh. So it's it's a real uh, Grizzly Adams kind of moment. <laughs> nice. And we still That's haven't awesome. gotten rid of it. I, I don't like oh, birds no. as a pet. Turns out. Um, it. This is at your house. Yeah. Oh wow! So you just inherited a bird. Well, I put it up on Craigslist and a couple special places, and made the kids. Don't your kids around like... the neighborhood looking for people that lost a bird? Don't they have like BB guns and stuff? They do. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just surprised the bird has has survived such. No, they're they're not. Well, it probably it probably just escaped fairly recently. I would assume because they I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. But actually... um. That's actually kind of cool. I think we'll probably give up here in another week or so, and uh, a couple of people have offered to take it. So. Let's try to mocap him on the Connect. <laughs> <laughs> That's a brilliant idea, Tori. <laughs> it makes sense if you think about it. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, I thought since uh, you know we got Zach here, and he's you know uh, got some sort of avian flu now, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Before he passes on, we could... Uh... Wait, but before we move on from the... Because I want to point out that that bird went up and nuzzled Zach. It did. It totally nuzzled him. Like like how cockatiels do. That's And that's, in, you know, picturing Zach with this tiny <laughs> cockatiel on his shoulder, like nuzzling into his hair is actually an interesting image. There's usually always one person at an IGD meeting that's that too. It's not that yeah. normal. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't happen to me. Like... <laughs> You sort of sound like a bird person. <laughs> no, no There's a gray bird with a yellow head. That's a cockatiel. My, yeah. my, my, first, my first job was at a pet store in okay. high school. And I, yeah, we had cockatiels and parakeets and, um, you know, parrots, African gray parrots, Amazonian parrots, uh, conures, like all the, I know the birds. Fun fact. Ooh. Yeah, the point I decided I didn't like it was um, when it bit a hole in my finger and then climbed on my finger. And <laughs> whatever. It's kind of a hot and cold thing, I guess. I don't know. And then, then the fact that it just craps every 20 minutes, wherever it is. And little feathers fly off of it constantly. <laughs> yeah, cockatiels aren't aren't the smartest of birds, but they're just nice. Bring it to work. Yeah. Just walk in. You can be the guy with a bird on his shoulder. <laughs> Dude, I don't want to bring this bird in, but it won't leave me alone. <laughs> I don't have an amazing bird story. And now who's got the good surprises? <laughs> Owned. And podcast. We're done yeah. here. Let's go home. Well, I, well um, I know I have a couple questions for Zach, just as his being uh, sort of the group uh, master. Um, <laughs> basically, uh, how you got started would be sure. an interesting story if you could say so it's kind of the opposite of fighting other people to be able to run the group um the first time uh igda here in twin cities i went to one in late 2000 and here i gotta look in the list 2006 um gary doll was running it and uh, it was on one of the last one or two meetings i didn't realize at the time of his tenure um and then he kind of asked people to to pick up the torch and what he really did and uh it, it fell into silence for basically a year. 
Um, and every once in a while, you know, being on the email list, somebody would be like, we should meet. And everybody would say, yeah. And that would be quiet. Um, and then one time, second or third time that happened, uh, Chad, who owns Puny Entertainment, said, all right, now I've, I've seen this a couple of times. Let's pick a date and let's pick a place and I'll buy us all some food. And then uh, Pete Border stepped up and said that we could do it at MSB. And so we got started there in uh, late 2007. And uh, I was the speaker at the first meeting. It was an absolutely glorious disaster. Um, <laughs> we got an MSB there and installed XNA and all the computers. And everybody's going to show up and, and do a hands-on project. Because obviously everybody's a program me, right? Right, um, exactly. So it didn't go. But it was... Uh, Were there a lot of students at that meeting? There was, yeah, quite a few. You'd think that they'd, you know, being in a assumingly game design, that they'd probably be able to latch onto that a little bit, but maybe um, not. But a lot of the people that are still in the group were there there the first time, um, and uh, just kind of went from there. Uh, when it started up, I was officially not running it, but um, it, was, it was Corey I, I, from Puny, right? Yep, yep. So Shad's brother Corey, he ended up moving out to California. Oh, but, brother! I didn't even know that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I know he moved. He had good stories. I liked hearing his stuff. <laughs> his Amazon, or not Amazon, his um, Ultima stories were pretty good. And uh, yeah, and then I'd just been uh, just getting presenters when I could and to meet as often as possible because for me it's really about just getting people together. And Yeah, you've been doing an awesome job, so yeah, thank you for that. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, totally. When did the very first uh, to Cities IGDA start up? I don't know. The wiki goes back to 2004. Okay. There is a crazy video out there from like 2005. Is it Damien or? I don't recognize hardly anybody there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, from that original might have been, crew, it might have I been, think it's just I mean, Gary's come to a couple meetings lately, but he's got all sorts of things going on at night. All right. Well, uh, how do you actually go about finding speakers? I'm curious. That, that's that. hard. Yeah. It's just uh, trolling the internet and cold calling people and asking everybody to know. And that's. Uh, it's not a science at all. No, well, yeah, I get that. I've tried that sort of stuff. It's just too many phone calls and yeah, no response. And it definitely has gotten easier once you've gotten to know more people uh, in the area. So you got a number of stuff lined up for us then? Uh, no, uh, it was a near miss or a, a close call here for the next meeting. But um, just got <laughs> Zach Johnson to. Um, to agree to talk in June. Uh, I got a lot of yes, maybe, I don't know, and then, then a whole bunch of no's, and then uh, he agreed to talk. And he talked once before late last year. Um, uh, he did kind of, we used to, every meeting was a, a format of a short project and, and a main presentation. We've moved away from that a little bit. Uh, it also stretches out the speakers more. But uh, actually the intent there was to try to encourage some of the, you know, the hobbyist students, the people that, aren't doing this full time to, to get up there and still share what they're doing. And yeah, I, I for like the most that part idea. that that didn't really work though. I think it's more a stage fright public speaking thing than anything else. It's my guess anyway. But anyway, so Zach talked back. We're doing this. He did the short session and um, it was one of the meetings we had at the chatterbox and he had this uh, cool thing he did in um, HTML5 canvas tag, which is going to be a less obscure technology now, but uh my big memory of it was he came up with a cool scheme for using the entire keyboard to shoot. Because he didn't like oh, that you could only yeah. shoot in directions, right? So he wanted to use all the keys. And the coolest part uh, that I remember was um, he just took a picture of his keyboard, put it in Photoshop, 
and then use the measuring tool <laughs> to <laughs> totally measure, when geek measure angles angle. yeah. of every key. And so uh, then the people with different keywords yelled at him. And he did that for a contest, didn't he? Was, yeah. Um, do you remember? I'm remembering it was some sort of like 8-bit trip or something like that contest. It was uh, yeah, it was a game music. It was game music in some way. So yeah, I remember it having to do with the music for the the game. Yeah, it was, it was really neat because that week I had went through and played like you know a couple dozen indie games with with 8-bit music in them because I I kind of like that stuff and um just happened to show up at the IGDA not really knowing and then hey I played that game. That <laughs> <laughs> was awesome. I'm like I had no idea you were in Minnesota. And it's awesome that you actually showed up for this. So it felt like I, I told Ork in the uh, audience because I asked like 10 questions. So. Yeah, we hate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brown right, I'll, I'll try to stop. Um, so he's going he's gonna to do a postmortem on, he did another small project for uh, Lodum Bear, which I think is a 48-hour contest or 72-hour uh, okay. single-person contest that, that they run on the internet and they have for a while. Um, and then... Uh, he, he really likes this kind of bleeding edge stuff around HTML5 canvas tag. That's what I'm talking about WebGL a little bit. Because um, I really don't know anything about it. And I think it's with all these wacky, stupid, different handsets all over the place. It's not that fun to try to, you know, publish apps and create different apps for everything. I'm excited so. to see what he what he talks about. Because he's, he's a fun guy to follow on Twitter, too. He's always saying something interesting. He's a uh, Zaxtronaut, I think. Yeah. So that'll be good. Yeah. No, um, you know, back to sort of the, the question of finding speakers. One thing I've noticed is that you normally don't solicit the group, at least in a public format, for oh, that's a good idea. For, for speakers. That's which, partially because it never works. Yeah. No, right. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, you know, you're on a, the podcast. We have like 10 listeners. If, if you feel the need, you could, <laughs> you could solicit right now. Um, we love speakers. We can't get enough. Please. Contact. Yeah. I, I wonder how that that stage fright thing is is true or or not because like um well you know, me personally I'm part of my reasoning was you know to help you out the group out or whatever for my presentation this month but also to like sort of practice my skills a little bit yeah I mean I, I came from there too just being an introverted programmer boy um the one thing I can say is you will not ever in your entire life find an easier audience than this you just get there. <laughs> And show cool pictures and people start geeking out with you. You don't even have to speak. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to. I mean, that's good. I wanted to strike upon that point is that, you know, if there's anybody out there with, you know, ideas, something they'd like to share, whatever, please, you know, it's very interesting to put that forward for us to see or talk about. So to not to basically if we can help Zach find things sure. in the future, I think it'd be good. And I'd still love to be doing uh, short things as well. Um, so if people feel that. You know, they don't measure up scores not good. That's that's just really kind of the wrong way to think about it. We've had people that showed a, a mod and they get all these crazy questions about, well, how does the particle system work in the water? And then they get to talk about what's easy and what's hard about that. Yeah, that was, uh, I remember Jesse. Yeah, uh, Jesse. Did one on uh, Crisis, that was, or Crisis, I'm sorry, on the PC. Yeah. That was that was awesome, actually. That turned out, you know, he took like a half an hour and he was only supposed to be 15 minutes. It's pretty neat. <laughs> because everybody was like really interested, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, anybody else have any questions before I ask my ridiculous ones? Oh, oh to me. Talking about Jesse Combe, by the way. Yes. Yeah, he I know you got a job at Studio Thirty Eight. What's Studio Thirty Eight? It's a East Coast. They're they're actually putting out. Um, oh, of course, my my brain's gonna fail me now. They're working on that MMO. Yes. Yes. 
Oh, is oh. that that MMO? Yeah, so he's a designer for them now. So is that right the right right place owned by the baseball? Yeah. Oh. What, what MMO is it? It's uh based on um Oh, what's the author's name? Ari Salvatore. Yeah. So did, is he moving again? Oh, he's there already. Oh, cool. Yeah. He's in Rhode Island. <laughs> Rhode Actually, Island. uh well, I probably can't say that on air. Never mind. Okay. Sorry. Oh, you and your ah. <laughs> so it's well, gonna suck to live in a world where you can't say everything that you know. Oh, it drives me nuts. So um I can't so I guess how can I phrase this? Let's just move no. on. No, the composer that I have for my game is uh-huh. doing some work for them as well. No. What kind of work? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I'm guessing it's music. <laughs> he's yeah, laying sod. He's doing motion yeah. capture. Yes. yes. <laughs> he is a composer, so he does motion capture. And... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, well, one question I had for Zach, and, and you can totally dodge this one if you want but um what's what's the the best presentation at least in your opinion not presentation wise but um i'm meaning like material or something like that what are some of the ones that have stood out for you hmm. like any any that are like really interesting or like um you know well, the i i kind of it, it just, i'm into this stuff way too much so i i kind of get into anything anybody's talking about and then start asking technical questions that they don't want to answer but um one of the ones that springs to mind is, do you remember um, when Monster came out and uh, they just dropped so much information like it was too much? It was on game design and iteration. and uh, Yeah, yeah, point, they talked about working with Nintendo and that one. And Yeah, exactly, and just kind of their methodology and their iteration and, and some of their processes. And they, oh, and just, there, there was so much information that I, I, could, I could absorb it all. And I wish I had, like, I wish I had the notes, the PDF of the... The video slide deck, yeah, yeah, which is great that we're taping stuff now. That's that's a really cool thing. Um, but yeah, that I, I really can't think of too many that I just thought were that bad because um, for me the meetings are about hearing what other people are doing, but then just talking, you know, talking to them and other people talking about it, and it's yeah. not about the particular content or whatever. Right. Yeah. No, I knew it's sort of an unfair question. Um, I know for me, I, the the first uh, presentation by. Sandra was was awesome. Yeah, actually, we need more artists. People have asked for that. If, uh, if anybody knows any, um, see pictures up there, and everybody can relate to that and get into that, even if they're not artists. Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to see some, as well. How about a uh, worst presentation? I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, what was it last month? Yeah, yeah I was just gonna say the same thing. I'm like, you know that one where we went to that one. What defense contractor? No. Was this guy with pong balls. He was wearing <laughs> ping pong balls. He wouldn't let you hold on to your phones. I know. <laughs> this place is crazy. I do have to say that that was probably one of the first meetings I've had in a while where I was like, what do I do without my phone? I don't understand like how to deal with this. Well, I totally made that up so people weren't distracted. So, you know. <laughs> really? No, they dropped that on me when people started showing up. The, the, yeah. the guy I, sitting at the desk. I was wondering like, like, if it would make sense to go in the back and just hang out with my phone, you know? Because <laughs> there was windows back there. It actually crossed my mind. <laughs> so for anybody that uh, wasn't there, let's let's explain why nobody had a phone. Oh, um, I guess we could transition to that. Absolutely. Um, now's the time where we talk about last, me- last month's meeting. Yeah. Um, okay, last month's meeting, that was me. I presented uh, 
I work at BAE Systems. I'm a modeling and simulation engineer. So I was able to luckily bring in uh, the group to come in and see a bunch of the stuff I work on. BAE um, who? BAE Systems. Um, yep. Contractor. Government contractor. We do weapon stuff. Um, so what I did a... What does BAE stand for? Nothing. Oh. Um, it, well, okay, yeah. I mean, it, it's like 3M or, or you know, those... Oh, okay places where they used to mean something but they don't anymore so bae used to be british aerospace and engineering i think okay, okay. um but now it's just you know three letters together i guess okay so yeah last month was me presenting a bunch of live demos and a bunch of slides it was a field trip yeah to to on site to see all the equipment or not and yeah i knew it was serious when i had the official camera to take pictures of the event not any camera <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, the camera that's owned by the company yeah it totally took me uh by surprise with um people signing in because he had to give everybody the little pamphlet on <laughs> safety yes. <laughs> which was a surprise to me and then um he says by the way they can't keep their phones in in bae areas and i'm like what's a, you know what's a BAE area and he's like well, basically everywhere <laughs> i'm like well okay Wish I would have known that. Uh, warned yeah, everybody, but not a big deal. Fine, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah not a big deal. But you know, that, it's just sort of surprising because I kept contacting security, asking them, you know, is there anything I need to know? And they said, nope, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't like they needed DNA samples or brain scans or anything. They just made us leave our phones there, no, as yeah. far as we know, anyways. Yep, the big the. the, the uh, <laughs> The big deal, of course, was just that you had to have an idea to, and, you know, the citizenship thing is just um, international trades and arm regulations. So. so that was an interesting one. You were saying it's not that they can't see it. It's just that the content of the presentation would have to change slightly. Yeah, there's certain things that because of international communication and stuff like that, you can't necessarily show or talk about with foreigners. So with uh, international uh, or... Uh, yeah, foreign citizenship stuff. So that that's probably going to be a holdup for part of the video. Oh, right. You can't put it on the internet. Part of it, um, which we know which part, the motion capture lab um, might be of questionable, releasable gotcha. stuff. Gotcha. So, which is unfortunate. You be walking around in a ball suit, I'm sure everybody wants to see. Spend some photos. Yeah, I guess they let me sit that out. I don't get that. That's why I like I asked the guy. He said, yeah, it shouldn't be a problem. And I'm send. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> send because new to do that right off so yeah we kind of broke that demo by having 25 people standing in a motion capture stage while you're trying to show it that was really entertaining <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> but, uh, that's cool just... to, cool to see the tech it was that's only the second time i've had that suit on or third time i actually didn't do the the guy that normally does all the stuff it's actually tailored to his form and stuff mm, um but you know i i uh, he didn't want to stick around for you guys. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Andy Circus to jump up, but he never did. It was too bad. Who? Gollum. Oh, is it? That his name? Yeah, well. Or King Kong, you know, if, if you go that route. No, nobody does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was a little disappointed. It didn't work out as well as in uh, the trial runs I did. And and there's a couple reasons for it. Um. One is that those systems had been on and running since like 4.30 and we didn't get in there yeah. until 
till you know eight. That's part of the problem. And then um, and that looks right, and there's somebody standing directly in front of the camera that's trying to see you. Oh, that's you know that's I probably should have explained that a little bit better. <laughs> um, but additionally, it 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 detects reflection. So like all of us oh, yeah. have badges on lanyards around our neck, and so did every guest. And what happens is even though those cameras they detect that little bit of glint, and um, it throws it off. And then I was talking to the guy the next day about how it didn't work out so well. And he's like, did you have the lights on? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> he's like, yeah, it works a lot better if you turn off that one row of lights. Like, hmm, I was wondering about damn that. It. Yeah. Damn it. Yeah, just too much going on. I didn't even think about it. So, But, you know, it, it still worked pretty good considering, you know, 25 people cuddled around. You know, some guy in spandex and white balls taped to him. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like to imagine that that's your typical day at work. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes, yes. I play some serious games. I put on a ball suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 25 really stern looking government defense contractor type <laughs> officials just standing there looking dour. <laughs> you like do your <laughs> motion capture stuff. It was kind of um, notable to me. I, I was talking to Damien. I think, um, you know, from a, from a game perspective, those weren't amazing games. But just the fact that I think a it's this unique setup of hardware and kind of this totally novel kind of setup, and then b the fact that this is for something real. This isn't a fantasy lizard man with a machine gun kind of scenario. But right, it just it just gives it kind of uh, a unique edge or a, a unique flavor that people are really into it. And yeah, it's, it's really interesting to see some of that tech and just to see how it could be applied in an you know an actual um, war situation and how f how far how far it's actually come. Yeah, for you sure. Static little cannon, just you know shooting off a cannonball, and then all of a sudden you got something that you can redirect in mid-flight. It's pretty amazing. Is that is that video on on the internet um, of the the battleship demo? There is an older vi version of it on the internet. So if we can't get that cleared, maybe that can. Oh, that that that's been a trade shows and stuff. That shouldn't okay. be a problem. Um, yeah, that demo is five years old. I should have really stepped that in front because it's sort of embarrassing. <laughs> like that was sort of embarrassed to have that show really? for everybody. Well, I mean, the quality of the visualization and stuff oh. was really good five years ago. It was sort of in comparison to other military contractors, especially uh, we stowed. Um, the system viewer looks really good. I think. Um, but the but the like the landmass with blown up vehicles and things just kind of doesn't work as well anymore. I guess I wasn't the even... trees, the trees, the wind yeah. through the trees. You know, there's a funny story behind that. Um, because that's a module that plugs into that thing. It's Speed Tree, but somebody you know it work in in Vega Prime, and um, I asked for it, and it was like, you know, twelve hundred dollars, and they asked me to justify the request, and, and so I sent my request, my justification back because I asked for it. <laughs> and uh oh my god they did not like me i ended i ended up i ended up taking screenshots of billboarded trees and then screenshots of speed tree and showing them this is why i want it because it looks better <laughs> like that's my justification is that it will look better it's sort of funny i thought but them not so much huh Oh, yeah, you know, they, the, the, I'm sure, Zach, I'm sure you can appreciate this. You get into a big company and pretty soon there's all sorts of process and procedure 
yep. that sort of gets in the way of everything. And um, you try to do something simple like, well, it's just, you know, this little module, it'll save me a bunch of time and make things kind of instantly look better. And I'm serious about it. And it becomes this big stink of a deal. Yeah. So. And well, um, in regards to the graphics, I guess I wasn't even, I mean, obviously, yeah, they don't look like, you know, the modern Xbox game or whatever, but I was just getting over the fact that, you know, look, the gun's getting up. That's real. That's how it, how we think it's going to work. That's how it does work. Not, we did that because that makes it people spamming the machine gun not so much. You know, it's real. It's real data. It's real stuff going on. Best that you simulate it, you know, in a fake environment. Yeah, yeah that, that demo has grown over a lot of years and it become very much a communication tool to really inform people how that whole weapon system works, which is why I wanted to show it, because there's like a really great example of modeling simulation that sort of ended its life and now become a, a great demonstration tool of the capabilities of, of a system. And it, it came from all the stuff behind it. I was watching the video just real quick. I know I glanced over like one of the slides like really fast, but uh, it, it showed like everything that kind of goes into our simulations. And <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe you skipped that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, yep, a lot of stuff goes into it. Next. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yep. Uh, if you guys, you know, got any questions, now would be a good time to ask. Otherwise, we can uh, we can move on. How um. How does a project started? Like, where's the money come from? Like, what's one of the newer ones in there? Was it that vehicle? Uh, um, okay. Yeah, the, the the boat simulator one is like a year and a half old, but kind of comes from analysis that's many years old. And then um, the, the vehicle driving one. Um, did you all get a chance to try the, those things? Really? Yep. Um, the vehicle driving one is a, a new contract. The... Government, I've been on projects that start in any number of ways from the company itself. It's like, we have this idea, let's see what we can do. If we can actually get somebody to, to say, invest in it. To um, Government has a bid for proposal. So mm. you kind of get approval to be one of the bidders and then they pay to make a bid. Um, so the that one was to support um, a bid for proposal for the next, basically the Bradley replacement. Um, if you know what the Bradley infantry fighting vehicle. So they just, it eventually came about to be like, we want something for the trade show floor. And so that's what that was made for, but not as much simulation by that other than just demonstration. But and why won't they hire an artist? Um, a dedicated, pure. I don't know. You know, <laughs> I, I, well, okay. I've been there 12 years and it, my boss and he's been my boss for a long time, or at least I've worked with him in capacities in a lot of ways, but he's always talked about me having uh, basically somebody underneath me that would be more of that type, but it's never happened. And and I don't know how you sell to management the need for an artist. That's the thing. And a lot of times, if you, at least I think about a lot is that um, the artist role isn't necessarily important to demonstrating good simulation. Yeah, that's true. And it's really hard to put like a monetary return of investment value on somebody like that. And additionally, um, you know, if you have a contract and you're and you're paying somebody to do something for you that's simulation, you don't necessarily care if they make the metal look shiny or not. Um, you might be adverse to that, I guess. So, I mean, we used to have like a multimedia department that I would rely on, and they would back and forth kind of, but um, we don't have that anymore. So, I 
I would love to work with a team of artists, but um, never had the opportunity, I guess. What about like more like a designer? So it's more of like a kind of user experience, like approaching it from that angle. And then you would get somebody that also cares about the attention to detail to make the metal shiny and stuff too. Yeah, it's kind of me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, again, it's totally not a game development right. role or but, anything I like mean, that. I but it, it would, we could definitely benefit from somebody who's serious about that stuff. 100% agree. But it, it, it falls on people with less experience, I guess. Well, I mean, it's like, especially considering, you know, like how critical being able to use all of these things are that to have, um, you know, someone who really understands like usability and user experience, you know, there. I don't know your qualifications are. I'm sure they're great. No, mine are all, you know, lessons learned. And I tried to outline okay. a couple of those in the presentation too, is that, that I'm learning a lot by putting things in front of people. And that actually is kind of exciting for me. I like to see people use things that I've made or watch things that I've made or play things that I've made. So it's, it's very interesting and, and, and frustrating as I expressed to some extent, because you kick right. yourself like the, Oh, good. Shoulda, woulda, coulda kind of things, but totally. Yeah, I really like that that boat driver demo thing, but it's been a lot of a lot of fun working. Unfortunately, it's not as funded as I would like to be, so I haven't worked on it in a month. That's why the the joystick button hasn't been fixed. No, <laughs> <laughs> I should just do it, but yeah, no, no, no money, no, no charge number to go with it. So I guess I could do it on my free time. What they'd feel about that? I'm not quite willing to go there, but. <laughs> It's just a theoretical idea. Hi, but what do you guys want to talk to talk about? Uh, well, I guess there's some IGDA uh, notes that we could share. Uh, one is the scholarship opportunities. So, if you're a student, you can apply for scholarships to all the big conferences, and um, the IGDA will pay for your pass. And it's pretty awesome, actually, because you're then with a bunch of other students, and the students are set up with a mentor. So you actually get to meet a lot of people that way. Uh, it's yeah, really a cool. net networking opportunity. I met a few of them at GDC last year, or not last year, a few months ago. Feels like last year. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> uh, in March, but yeah. So it's it's a great opportunity for students. I mean, there's some competition for that, for sure. You're definitely competing with those students, but it's definitely worth checking out. I mean, the worst that's going to happen is somebody's going to say no, right? Do, do you have to student? You have to be a student for the scholarships, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, well, another thing that they're, the IGDA is talking about is sponsorships. Is that rated at all? Do you know? Or is that like the people sort of sponsor the, the scholarships? I was trying to determine what they meant by sponsorship opportunities. Oh, that's for someone who wants to become a sponsor like so if you you know for the the igda events like there's various sponsors for parties for okay. right. um you know snacks and things like that so that's okay. what they're yeah okay yeah Which if you're a business it's a great way to you know get some exposure is there so. a, a list of which conferences uh scholarships cover obviously gdc yeah we'll we'll add a link on the show notes about it okay um, yeah, but there's, but there's a lot. It's basically it's, everything. Yeah. Yeah, like even E3. Um, 
there's like Europe and it's all over the world too. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, a lot of lot of info. E3, the developer conference, SIGGRAPH, PAX, leadership forums, global game jam, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Um, yeah, there are a couple other notes. Um, I don't know how many people in in the our chapter are actually members, but if anybody, <laughs> I do. <laughs> anybody's, are you a lifetime member? Not yet. Not yet. Um, I was going to give myself it? two years. Yeah, I was going to see if I, because, you know, I started this business about a year ago, and that's when I joined the IGDA. So um, I just renewed my membership for this year. And then if I still have a game company when it comes time to renew next year, I'll be a lifetime member. Right. But I wasn't about that. to make the, the commitment to being in games forever quite yet. Right. Actually, even even $600, it's like... That's two years of like a MEMA membership or, I mean, it's really inexpensive in the big scheme of things. Yeah, I know that, um, I mean, part of the reason we're talking about this right now is that, you know, IGDA, other than at least for a chapter, don't know a lot of the benefits of being a member and, and especially for students, you know, the scholarships, the, some of the meetings they have, but, um, another like travel discounts to, uh, and I believe hotel discounts and stuff, if you're actually going to, um, some of the conferences and whatnot. It's, yeah, it's nice I, to know some of the other benefits, other than just say networking. You know, Twitter is obviously the number one. But yeah, and really, right? Yeah, but it's Virgin America, and they don't fly to the Twin Cities. Oh, okay. Oh, which is a bummer. But yeah, um, and not you know, there's usually yeah some different like hotel discounts and things like that for various IDA events. They also have health insurance and stuff too. If you're like a freelancer. Oh, wow. You can use their health insurance program. I mean, you have to pay for the premium, obviously, but like you're eligible to participate in the health insurance pool, so you don't have to like go through a separate um, personal thing. Yeah, the per the personal costs are much much higher. Yeah. To get your own private insurance policy. All right. Well, one other quick thing to note is uh, Scrum Chicago, and I know that um a couple people in our group I think have been talking about it. Um, I wasn't one of them, but um. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for scrum certification, um, I think there's still some spots left for the, it's going to be in Chicago the first couple days of June and um, it should prove to be a good thing. I mean, if you're, especially if you are looking for, for certification, right. But, um, how long is the event is a couple days, two days. Okay. But you, but you got to get there and there's a fee for going to it too, isn't there? Yeah, well, I yeah. mean, it's a typical it's a, fee for certification, so it's right. like, I think, $1,500 or something, a little more than that, probably. Right. Okay. Um, well, one other thing that, that the IGDA actually has been news a little bit lately is because of their, um, well, the Amazon store opened up for Android games. I'm not sure if it's more than just Android, but the IGDA posted some response to that, and, and they had some concerns with the, the terms and how they um, relate to, you know, the develop, development community. Um, I thought that would be something interesting to talk about. You guys know anything about that? Well, I know a little bit about that, but you can go ahead, Tori. Well, I, I thought it was interesting. That actually, the thing that I found kind of most concerning wasn't the, the price, but the fact that you can't do exclusives through other platforms. And uh, that that was a little worrisome, actually, I thought. Yeah, the... Um, the the a couple yeah they do a couple things and Amazon reserves the right to control the price of your games as as well as the right to pay you 
and this is a, a quote from the Amazon terms of service, I think, the greater of 70% of the purchase price or 20% of the list price. And, and so that, you know, basically means that they can, um, at least I take that means that they can kind of change the price to be competitive without your say so, and that yep. you might only get 20% what you're expecting. So and that, that'd be in the, the scenario if you're one of the free apps, they'll pay you 20% of your list price for everyone that quote unquote gets sold the free app of the day or whatever. Yeah. You know that, and I, that's I not exactly... so bad, but, but you know, there's one app per day and not too many people get in on that deal. Cause I'm sure the volume is pretty amazing. That's true. That's true. And there, there's some other language about, uh, you can't put a lower price anywhere else than the right. list price here. Yeah. I think that's pretty common for Amazon. Do you, I, I sell something on Amazon and oh. I went through their fulfillment process and signed up for a whole bunch of stuff. Have you guys ever done any of those things? Yeah, one of the, the things I, it, it was really weird because um, they demanded like all this extra costs on top and <laughs> I was selling a DVD, but eventually I just priced it so that if you bought it through them, you were paying like 25 bucks for shipping and handling just so you had the same amount of money. But anyway. Now, is this different than like, say, Steam, where Steam has all those sales all the time? Well, um, I know it's an app, you know, so yeah, app store on mobile, so that's a little bit different, but. How much does Steam control the price? Yeah, it'd be interesting to look into the difference between the, the distribution terms, you know, exactly how Steam says, say, works with a developer on a discount or not, you know? Because um, I know Steam deals, that's about all the thing, the only thing I ever do on Steam is just go look in the deals and see what's going on this week, you know? Yeah. Uh, let's see, I was trying to look for a quote about um, the point you were making, Tori, about how they... um sort of were changing they didn't want you to have your product on other places or something like that well you you just couldn't do exclusive stuff to okay. other places if you want to have like um your app on their store right so, uh, well one of their things is um developers can set their list price above the lowest list price available or previously available on any similar service so that means your list price um, has to be, you know, the same or lower than any price you've ever sold it anywhere else, basically. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they'd keep track of that, but I mean... It's interesting, though. And, I, I mean, I guess I don't know what the terms are for for Apple Store or for the, the BlackBerry Store. Does anybody know anything about those? Well, I mean, the, the Apple is kind of defining the market for, you know, like it or not. They've sort of defined what people expect out of apps, app sales you know if you're a developer making a game you kind of expect it to be sort of like apple and apple you know is a substantial amount of the market they uh like i just yeah. saw a press release today saying that of the 3.8 billion dollars projected earnings of online mobile app sales this year three quarters of that is going to be apple products yeah so and if they just take that 30 percent off the top they don't you know they're not doing any price setting or anything on those apps the developers decide that true but I mean, they're also in a very good spot, right? But this Amazon thing, um, how do you guys feel about it? Do you think it's IGDA's place to 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 make these claims and and I think so stuff or not? I, I don't think many developers kind of read into this. You know, they're so used to being on the internet and clicking through agreements without reading them. I'm sure they haven't combed through it and fully understood what's going on. the The scenario they pointed out, you know, if they're doing an app of the day for free. Um, or it's steeply discounted, you know, they're just knocking your price down on, on without telling you. 
that's not so bad if they just decided they want to compete somehow and did that to every app. I mean, there's nothing stopping them from doing that. Just knocking the price on everything. Yeah, it's one and of then, the it's one of the examples that IGA points out is Amazon, for instance, gives a top one top 100 rated games get 75 percent off. Really? No, that as just an example. Oh, okay. Something yeah. Amazon could do, and right, and, it would cannibalize your sales elsewhere. Maybe you know it would work out potentially very well for some developers, but also potentially very poorly for others that were sort of you know they would lose um, in comparison. But um, Amazon would benefit the most because it captures the customer's goodwill. Right. Well, and I think the other thing too, and getting back to the point about is this the IDDA's place is that. You know, IGDA is about representing, you know, individual game developers, not big corporations. And like the big players can make deals with Amazon and set prices so that they don't get taken advantage of either. And that's the that's the one thing that, you know, your your typical, you know, app developer doesn't have. Um, they don't have the the legal power or expertise to make deals with Amazon or economic power for that matter. So it's easy for them to get taken advantage of. Right. I personally, I really appreciate that they did this, but I, you know, I, I, I went out and trying to find people that thought that this was inappropriate of the IGDA to see what their points would be. And, and you know, some of them were kind of interesting because seriously, there's uh, one of the quotes was there's 118 app stores out there and it's not, um, it's up to you if you decide to go there or not, of course, right? But how come none of these other 118 app stores have ever been any issue? How come now it's all of a sudden this particular Amazon terms of service? And, you know, how do these actual terms of service compare to all the others? And and some of the response was that they're really not all that different. So I I personally, like I say, I like that they, they did this. They pointed it out. They actually put it into terms that you can understand other than the, reading the terms of service. So I appreciate the effort. Um I think that some of the 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 knee jerk reaction from some people is, you know, not. I don't necessarily think they're trying to be anti Google, say, or they're opportunistic trying to get in the media to to bolster themselves. Is is one of the claims, but I don't necessarily think this publicity stunt either. I think they do. Have <laughs> yeah, I don't think <laughs> it was a developer in mind. Yeah, I don't think it was a publicity stunt. I think it was more that someone someone brought this to the attention of the board and the board took action on it. Whereas there's probably been a number of other times where other people have been taken advantage of by other app stores, but nobody brought to the board. Oh, that's a, that's a good point. I didn't actually hear. So yeah, maybe it, it literally is reaction to the community in some way. Because if you're not actually in these spaces, you know, doing these transactions, you wouldn't have any visibility to it. Right. And one one point that I thought was good is that Amazon, I wouldn't say necessarily good, but it kind of sets the, the stage a little bit, is that Amazon doesn't make money from hardware sales such as Apple, Google, Nokia. Um, and so their desire to control the pricing stems from their need to make profit from apps. So it's in their best interest mm -hmm. to make money from these apps as well. Right. And, and um, it's good for consumers. It's market driven after all. And um but it, but also this this terms of service is reflecting uh, is a reflection of of the reason for doing this particular type of terms of service. So it's not necessarily the best for developers, but um, I don't necessarily think they're out to harm developers either. So. Well, and I mean compared to a lot of the other app stores out there for non Apple products, right? So Amazon has an advantage in that 
already has a huge customer base with all of these other things to do with the Nook and every, or not the Nook, sorry, the Kindle. (laughs) The Nook's the the other store. Um, But, you know, with all of these other things that they're doing. So, you know, it's it's a high visibility thing that most people would not choose to go with a smaller app store, even though that they could have a better advantage there. They probably publish with Amazon. Right. First, right? Because it's known to them and they feel that it's trusted. Right. So, you know, well, that's it's a two-way exa- two exactly, relationship. That's exactly the reason I put my DVD up for sale on Amazon is because of the fact that it's there becomes a representation that it's a real product. Oh, this is legitimate. As, as fake as that might be. But it was a good marketing move for me to actually just say I have a DVD on Amazon because people put a lot of credit and stock behind that. So, sure. Right. How do you feel about it, Zach? I don't uh, have any direct experience, you know, selling selling apps. I know um, for a lot of people, though, it's it's. I'd love to sell anything, even at zero dollars, you know, just to have people playing my game because it's such a struggle to get seen. Yeah. But um, but uh, but I do see how um how you are giving up quite a bit of rights. It's in Amazon's best interest to sell a lot and make a lot of money, but that doesn't any one developer that was involved, you know, is going to come out ahead. But the, the conglomerate that's selling all these different apps from all these different people definitely will because they're getting a percentage off of everything. Well, but the other side of it, too, is that, you know, as you're setting your your budgets and your pricing and, and it's part of your strategy, taking into account that happen. And so, you know, making maybe when you list your budget numbers, because you guys all have spreadsheets filled with budget numbers, right? 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 Yeah, numbers. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. What, what are these numbers you're speaking of? Like I have, I have budget numbers going out for like five years, right? So like in my spreadsheets and PowerPoints, I know I'm such a nerd. What, no, but, you're, uh, you're actually in the business though. That's difference. But yep. that's the thing. It's like most people would think, well, if I'm selling this for four ninety nine, and that like that's what I get back. That's like my revenue stream, and that's not what it is, right? Because yeah. there's all these other, you know, fixed costs, variable costs, et cetera. So I guess knowing, you know, having by the IGDA putting that out there too, in theory, if you're going to put a budget together, you'd be able to take into account. It's like, oh, well, I may only get, you know, 20% of the list price if this happens. And so maybe I might just kind of take that into account and I'm putting together my budget. Right. The, the thing that sort of stings about it is that Amazon is additionally saying that you cannot price things higher on Amazon to counteract this sort of thing. Um, which is sort of a new maneuver, right? So, no, and um, I and, and I, I I agree. I don't necessarily like this, but I like that the IGA said something about it, and I also like that that helps me plan. Yeah, no, right. This is the sort of thing that I would have glossed over and not really known what it meant. But also, I would and and, and the likelihood of this sort of thing happening is probably not too great. I guess. I, I think history, history will really tell. If, if they do this stuff to devs, it'll become a bigger story. Um, and then it'll really be something to talk about. But until that happens. Oh, and that, that sentence I was talking about, it says, additionally, Amazon is still unilaterally preventing developers from ever making an exclusive promotional deal with another marketplace. Um, that doesn't necessarily say it's just about money. Like you could, you know how Val did the, uh, you know, did, their special thing with um, with Portal where they put different stuff in different games. Th- this is kind of saying that you can't do that. 
But but how uh, does it how does it do that? Like let's say you made you know Tori's Great Adventure and you right. as a, as a, <laughs> as an app, right? Right. But they're not saying that you couldn't make Tori's Great Adventure two and put that out somewhere else, right? No, but they're saying like you can't make. That's a marketing really... nightmare, though. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like you know, like um, Mortal Kombat came out with uh, for the Xbox 360. You know, it came out with um, a different character than it did for the PS3. Mm-hmm. This is this is saying you can't do that. Oh, specifics to your app on. Okay, yeah. I guess it says exclusive promotional deal, and it doesn't say money. So to me, that's that that's gotcha. no. I I get what you meant. So like, well. But then it falls into that, to me, it falls into that thing is, is it the same app or not? You know, is it the same thing? And in, in the mobile space, like, because um, you can get it from the app store or you can get it from the marketplace, the Android marketplace. True. Um, true. Are they literally the same app? I mean, they I get think installed. from a oh. legal standpoint, they would be if they're sharing the same intellectual property like trademarks and copyrights and things like that so if you're branding them the same i think they would be the same thing okay. even though yeah, they're different that platforms. makes sense yep that makes sense so and this may all change with uh you know a lot of a lot of um, consumers voting with their pocketbook or enough devs just complaining too right. so this it's probably not set in stone well you, the long term. yeah you know i get it i get why they do that it's it um it it should be a factor into the your decision if you go to Amazon or not. Yeah. Right. right? And you have to make that decision. That's that's the terms they have, and in my opinion, you have to decide if those terms are worth agreeing for the sales you'll get potentially from them. I know that uh, I approached Rob asking him we when the Amazon market or the app market, yeah, when they first came out, I'm like, we got to get Deadly Chambers on there, and he's like, nah, I don't want to <laughs> with them. I don't like Amazon, and I'm like, well, we got to get on there because. You get in first, you'll end up on a list, potentially more sales and money is money, right? And he just had no interest in doing it. And um, part of it, I think, was just having to deal with Amazon. Because it is, um, at least from the standpoint of working with Google and their marketplace, much easier. Any last points on that? Nope. I know I had mentioned uh, briefly in our conversation that that uh, press release about um, the app sales being close to $4 billion for 2011. Um, the one, one notable thing about that, um, well, granted that it's $4 billion a year and up from, um, you know, 800 million last year or something like that, is that three quarters of it is Apple and that Google just um, divided into second position. So they're now, they, they surpassed RIM and in sales, which I think is kind of notable because RIM used to be the giant and, and they're, they're sinking fast. But I think that that's a, a sign of the times of smartphones. Mm-hmm. And the, the, was it, um, what year were they predicting that Android would be up to 60% or not 60%, but Apple would be down to 60% from that uh, 75 to 60. Is, is that in that article? Yeah, I believe so. Um, maybe 2014. Oh, yep, yep, 2014, which is actually pretty quick if you if you think about it. Going from yeah. 75 to 60. Not if the rapture happens. Well, that's, <laughs> let's not go there. You know. <laughs> but holy cow, 18.1 billion app downloads by the end of 2011. That is crazy. Like, like seriously, uh, I've been watching Eureka on Netflix. I, 
I got. I should throw out there that Netflix streaming is a wonderful thing. Yes. Um, and I've been watching Eureka, and I don't know if you know what Eureka is or not, but it's a Sci-Fi Channel show from like started in like 2006, I think. And so I started watching from season one, and it's supposed to be this like super advanced town of nerds and geeks. And they all have cell phones, but all their cell phones are flip phones. And so it, it's just sort of like, um, I'm like, wow, what? What is that? Oh, they have flip phones, but yet they have hoverboards and, <laughs> and time travel machines. And, you know, they do an episode that, that goes to like 2013 and they all have the same flip phones. I'm like, wow. <laughs> just sort of interesting. But thinking back to like five years ago, even talking to somebody about what, you know, a download would be, it'd be yeah. they wouldn't even know. So, all right. Well, I think that's enough about that. Unless you guys want to add anything on there. Um, right. Let's let's skip to the surprises. It's time for surprises. It's time okay. for surprises. All right. So I, I just decided that actually inspired by Zach's idea of bringing uh, some kind of news article to this thing, I decided to try to bring weird stuff to it. And <laughs> people may have heard this already before. You know, there's a craze with uh, you know this new way of controlling games. You got the Connect, which is blown up, and you had Wii, which you know just went went crazy too. I'm actually surprised the article didn't do a tie into the Wii, but Sega brings gaming to the bathroom with urine control video game. Oh my gosh. I was talking <laughs> with somebody about at lunch about this today. So, no. So, all right. So uh, apparently there's actually some out there right now, but um, this only, it's only there for guys, but there's, there's four different games that they have in there right now. And I'll just run down the list. Just think about this. Think about the visuals. Don't think about the visuals. And I'm going down the list. All right. So. Um, so, so. Okay. Wait, wait. wait. I got to get in the right mindset. All right. I'm okay. standing in front of a urinal. You're standing got in front it. of the urinal. Okay. And um, all right. So first game they have. Mannequin Piss. Calculates exactly how much player uh, peed. You know, so you can you're, you're, get your volume right there. Wait, wait, uh, so your way, contest is to, like, store up as much as you can? <laughs> yes. So don't and, go to the bathroom so you can win at going to the bathroom. Right, right. You know that works. You can get the high score and put your initials in. And... But, well, well, yeah. Well, no, it, <laughs> it takes your picture. This, this actually has, a, the, it actually says there's a flash drive, so if you're really particularly proud of your sto- uh, score, you can stick it in a thumb drive and it'll download the score for you. That but doesn't anyways, seem sanitary. Uh, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. <laughs> Sounds like a very uh, smart idea. In Graffiti Eraser, players try to urinate forcefully to blast graffiti off a wall. All right. Okay. The North Wind and Her. This one, you know, it's kind of misogynistic, but whatever. It's that culture. Uh, Gamers act as the wind, attempting to lift a woman's dress with powerful blasts. Of pee? Of of urine. I want to test to see if this works in the real world. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure the reaction would be a bit different, but... (laughs) And then they have milk from nose. Player goes head to head with previous urinal user to see who has the strongest flow. <laughs> oh my so, gosh! Oh no! So like you and your buddy pee at the same time and you got the like you gotta do not cross the stream. But seriously, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, can you imagine this at bars? Though I, I, that's probably pretty funny. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, this game appears as sumo wrestlers who squirt milk from the noses to push their peers out of the ring. Uh, yeah, I totally see like the 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 thing the carnival that you have to spray the clown in the mouth and see who's, <laughs> oh, whose car gets to the end of the thing the fastest. God. But, <laughs> so now they just need to take it while you some sort of game while you're duking it at the. <laughs> <laughs> 
tells you how many ounces you drop. That'd be awesome. <laughs> the decibel level. Who's the loudest? <laughs> well, hopefully Sony can make that next year. <laughs> only this way to go, but one, That's version number two. So. Uh, so it's episode five where we've resorted to uh, <laughs> humor. That's wonderful. Potty humor. Oh yeah, my this is God. definitely the potty episode. Oh, well man. done, Tori. That was good. Sorry, yeah, I, w- oh, I was man. not expecting that at all. <laughs> and, but, you know, and I wish I could remove that from my brain. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the uh, the industry is experimenting with different forms of uh, motion control. So there you go. Um, well, somewhat related. I have a you guys. <laughs> I, I don't know if we'll, uh, it's not going to stand up that by any means but um for the record here i just want to say that the next time you guys come on and you're like hey i have a surprise <laughs> i'm gonna say no <laughs> oh i know <laughs> i liked that that was well done tori thank you I, I definitely would make me would make me giggle if i was listening along so i enjoyed it anyway anyway somewhat related actually we almost should have hooked up some before is i came up with a little quiz for you guys it's a uh, a real game or not um, basically I'll, I'll present a game to you with a uh, short description and you guys have to tell me if it's, uh, it's real or fake. Um, some of them I've made up and some of them, um, are legitimate, uh, games. Oh, so, idea. so, uh, I guess the, the question to you goes is, do you want to, to play together where you guys like, oh, I'll try to just work, you know, and tell me if it's real or not, or do you each want to approach it individually and see who does the best? How many do you have? 10. Okay. Mm. Let's just do everybody takes three because it's hard to over a podcast uh, shout over each other. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It'd, it'd be me presenting it, the the name, the real quick description, and just say, you know, do you think it's real, Jackie? Do you think it's real, Tori? That sort of thing. Um. Yeah. Let's let's just. Do you guys want to just work together, like all three of you decide if it's real or fake? Oh, let's rotate rotate through. Yeah. We can mock each other. Yeah. Okay. All right. Excellent. All right. Here we go. You ready? <laughs> All right, so uh, rules is, uh, uh, you know, talk it out, I guess, if you want. Um, let me know what you're thinking, your insight <laughs> into it. I'd, I'd really like to know what makes you think it's real or not. Um, consider the platform an audience would be a recommendation. Um, I made up a lot of games, but as I read them, they're extremely generic. It's really easy to make up a game for the Wii, for instance, right? <laughs> it's not hard. So, um, And it's not fair because it's like, you know, puzzle, 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 right? That's... you. <laughs> Yeah. If I told you it was on the Wii, you'd probably go, well, okay, that's not fair. So anyway, um, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Uh, Who's first? Number one, uh, we'll go Jackie. Number one. I see how this is. <laughs> uh, well, hold on. All right. The fan- Zach, it should be Zach. Cause he's be- Sorry, no, ladies first. <laughs> <laughs> now you're showing. I was working. Yeah. <laughs> this one time. I was trying Convenient to get. Convenient chivalrism. <laughs> I had this planned out to some extent. I was giving Zach the benefit of the doubt, but okay, here we go. Ready? Number one, the Fancy Pants Adventures for PlayStation Network and Xbox 360. Um, and here's no the Googling. No Googling. Oh yeah, that should be one of the rules is no searching. All right. The Fancy Pants Adventures delivers an all new adventure designed exclusively for console. Fancy Pants Man speeds through an entirely new world to rescue his kidnapped sister, Cutie Pants. Racing through unique open levels, Fancy Pants Man will explore vast lands, defeating challenging enemies, and overcoming clever, clever obstacles on his quest to save his sister. Run fast, run fancy. Jackie, do you think it's real or fake? Oh, uh, 
I'm going to go with fake. Fake. Any particular reason why? Because there's a Fancy Pants Gangsters podcast here in the Twin Cities. Yeah, you must <laughs> not listen because they actually interviewed the developer of Fancy Pants Adventures. Oh. Did they really? Yes. <laughs> this is a real game. Yeah, no joke. It's a, yeah, it's a Flash game. It was somewhat popular. I actually ported it to with new adventures to the console. So that just came out. Oh, uh, yeah. One thing I didn't mention is all these games, the real ones, were released within a month or two. Oh, okay. I'll say that. Um, okay. Uh, all right. So that's one fake miss. Real game. Number two. Let's go. Let's go, Tori. Game number two, Tori. You're up for the challenge. Cooking Mama Four, PB and J for the 3DS. All right. This. Uh, here's the description. Oh, I should also mention that the descriptions, when real, came from their writing. So if it's oh, okay. crazy writing, it's because it's them, not me. And if I made it up, it's crazy writing because I decided to make it crazy. Um, all right. That being said. Cooking Mama 4, PB&J. The fifth Mama game is in the, is the series is finally here, and it takes on the 3S. Mama's back for a snack attack with Cooking Mama 4, PB&J. Packed with five game modes, including the immersive 3D mode Food Fight, this quick food and snack-themed game pushes players to their action limit as they prepare, mix, cook, slice, dice, and dodge. Real or fake? I say it's true. Nope. I made that one up. Oh, snap. You did good. All right. Yeah. You should pitch it, though. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Zach, you're up. Number three. Okay. You ready? I got this. Uh, all right. Magica Vietnam for PC. <laughs> Magica Vietnam features a lengthy challenge scenario that puts you in the combat boots and stylish robe of a wizard GI. Venture, <laughs> venture deep into the Goblin Kong jungle with up to three fellow soldiers in a heroic attempt to liberate prisoners from a POW camp and face off against deadly Vietnam-themed enemies. Destroy enemy positions, escape the perils of the jungle, and return safely to the evacuation helicopter. And then, they, and then it's in quotes, get to the chopper! Boy, that, that sounds like a real low-budget Flash game to me. It's a real game. It's expansion pack. What, you buy it? That's like a in a, game. For money? Yeah. 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 Just got yeah, released last Steam. month. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's Magica. Magica. <laughs> nah, I'm well done, Zach. What's Magica? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, that was available even for Xbox Arcade, I think, wasn't it? Is it? Yeah. Well, the the, the press release I saw for Magica Vietnam is um, was for PC, so I'm presuming oh. it's Steam. I should have said Steam, but. Okay. All right, number from um, Tori. Ready? Yes. All right. The Dishwasher Vampire Smile for Xbox 360 Arcade. Three marks remain. Dig further into Yuki's bloody quest for revenge. Vengeance is yours. Seek retribution as you slash your way through 13 unique campaign levels as Yuki or as the Dishwasher. This is the sequel to the 2009 The Dishwasher Dead Samurai. Do you think it's real or fake? I think it's real because there was a dishwasher flash game uh, that most people liked and makes sense that they may have done a, download, a DLC for it. It is real. Actually, I believe uh, the original dishwasher was a Dream Build Play comp competition winner for the XNA. Yep, the first first oh, contest. Okay. Yep. okay. Yeah, the trick here was that it's supposed to be like they made a sequel or whatever. Gotcha. All right, well, well, well played. All right, let's go, uh, Jackie. Ready? All right. All right. What's the order changing? Is this rigged? Uh, well, I had an order 
pre-planned sort of based mm. on uh, something. And I just, it was, <laughs> it was somewhat random, but it, it, it based went, on something. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was randomized to some extent, but yeah, uh, evenly. To some extent. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number five, leave me alone. <clears throat> Dora, the Explorer backpack to the future available for Wii and PC. When Dora Marquez, star of the Nick Jr. cable animated series Dora the Explorer, and her pals Boots the Monkey and Backpack the Backpack find themselves lost in time, it's up to your child to help them find their way back. Meet dinosaurs, medieval princesses, and former presidents in this educational action game for WPC. Along the way, players will have to avoid obstacles, use in-game jumping, climbing, and swimming skills. Uh, your child can even ride a dinosaur and see the signing of the Declaration of Independence. What? Real quick. Oh my gosh. I have no idea. We are PC. Mm. Dora the Explorer, Backpack to the Future. I I just don't know. (laughs) Is Backpack even a a companion? I have kids. I have no idea. You were selected first. Yes. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I see how you do this now. I guess. um, Phone a friend. Phone a friend. Okay. Hang on, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask the the magic eight ball. Is this game real? It is certain. Did the magic eight ball lie to me? Are you going with real? It's real. Uh, it is fake. Ah, magic eight ball. You've... I was thinking it was a little too close to trademark infringement. Within <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> too perfect of a name. All right, uh, number six goes to Zach. All right. It's called uh, Crazy Chess for PC and Facebook. Who says it's real? <laughs> you don't even want to hear the no, no, go. <laughs> who says <laughs> who says chess has to be boring? Three players, sure. Longer board, you bet. More pieces, absolutely. Chess has been around for thousands of years, and it's an upgrade. Play with friends or against one or two computer opponents. New pieces such as wall, which and changeling add new game elements, strategy, and fun. You'll never, you've never played chess like this. That sounds exactly what, like what a programmer would do after, uh, after they've made a chess game and nobody wants to play it. <laughs> That's real. <laughs> that one's fake. All right. Uh, number seven, uh, Jackie. Hot Springs story for Android and iPhone. <laughs> Build your own resort and propel it to success. Uh, with but a touch of the finger in this one-of-a-kind simulation. Rooms, restaurants, arcades, and baths. Position each facility to lure your guests into the hot spring nirvana and skyrocket your establishment to fame. Craft the perfect Japanese garden from lanterns, pine trees, azaleas, and more. You'll need it all if you want to attract VIPs like pop stars and novelists. There can be only one. Do you have the takes? Totally real. Totally real. Yes, it is real. It's by the makers of Game Dev Story. Oh. <laughs> That's why that sounded really familiar, because I think it's they're advertising it like in Game Dev Story with like the latest patch. Oh, I, I would believe it. Yeah. No, I, I had that one lined up with you to answer it so that it would throw the other guys off. If, if, <laughs> like, if we played that way, you'd be like, totally real. <laughs> <laughs> and I would totally play that, actually. <laughs> Well, based on Game Dev Stories one, yeah, I'd probably try it too. Sounds a little out there though, but... All right, number eight for Tori. Um, Duck Duck Ninja for Android and iPhone. (laughs) 
a ninja in a small village. Uh, what the hell is this writing? A ninja is a small village's last hope for survival after an evil king invades their land. Be the greatest ninja master in the world, flying freely with jump and swing action to clear all 50 stages while following the scenario in adventure mode. Or play in score attack mode by keeping on attacking enemies appearing one after another. A crazy speed ninja action of reckoning proportions, proportions finally begins here. I'm going to say fake because you said you'd written a lot of fake stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fake. Duck, <laughs> duck, duck ninja. I'd have a whole lot to go with that. I like that total. idea. It is. Oh, I can totally see it too. All right. That's as good as super attractive Android, but still, it's pretty good. Oh, yeah. I got to make that game. All right. Number nine goes to Zach. Yeah. Dino D Day for PC and Steam. <laughs> dinosaurs exist and the Nazis have them. Adolf Hitler has succeeded in resurrecting dinosaurs. The reptilian <laughs> horde has trampled Europe and the Mediterranean. Cannot stop the Nazi dinosaur army. Oh my God. That's real. I think I've seen it. Totally real. <laughs> you, I'm assuming uh, Jack and Tori knew that. No. No, you didn't know that? No. I was guessing that it was real because, I mean, I could see someone making Nazi dinosaurs. Oh, totally. Yeah, totally that's... see that, yeah. All right. Well, well played, well played, Zach. All right, let's do number 10. We'll let all of you be in on this one already. Das Group. All right, Das Group. Number 10, Garshasp, the monster player <laughs> for PC. <laughs> what? Uh, Garshasp. Garshasp is a third-person action-adventure video game based on ancient Persian mythology. The game is based on the epic battles of the mythical hero Garshasps. Garshasp. <laughs> In ancient lands against evil mo the evil monsters. The main mechanics of the game revolves around melee combat, puzzle solving, and exploration. Mm. I'm going to say negative. I think it's real because the writing sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but Either way, I win if I'm wrong or wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I purposefully made the writing suck to throw you off. I'm going to uh, go with, I'm gonna go with like, so we have two fakes and a real? Yeah. It is real. See? What? What? <laughs> so technically you guys lose, but we'll just do out of nine. So one, two, three, four. You got four wrong out of nine. So that's not too bad. Wait, we were a team? I thought we were competing. Oh. oh you want <laughs> what do we, we don't even win anything. We, win? Oh, we don't win like... anything. Uh, we won win awesomeness. Oh, Jackie loses for sure. She got yeah. two wrong. I got like a bazillion wrong. Jackie got one right. Tori got, uh, let's see. I got two right. Two right with uh, the dishwasher and Duck Duck Ninja. And let's see, Zach got Magic of Vietnam. He said it was real. I can't believe that. Uh, check. <laughs> wrong. Two right, so... Yeah. Oh boy. So let's see if you count at the end, I'd say Zach's the winner. Big yeah. winner. Yeah, we just we just let him win because he was the special guest. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my surprise. That was a lot of work too. I'm like, oh, this will be a fun little idea. That was fun. I enjoyed that. Totally enjoyed that. Try to try to do it again and improve upon my skills. So I think we I think I could pull that off a couple more times. 
There's a lot of crazy games out there. Dino D-Day just made that too perfect, though. As soon as I, as I actually read, I'm like, yeah, this game has to happen. <laughs> <laughs> so well played, everybody. Oh, thanks for doing that. That, that was awesome. All right. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap that up. Um, a quick note about we are planning a happy hour social sometime later in May. Um, we'll have more details on the website when we have that. Oh, yeah. You know, actually, for those who are actually listening to the podcast, maybe we can put something in the blog post, too. It'd be nice to know where people are so that we can put the happy hours where people don't have to drive all the way across the metro to reach it. So, Oh, we should do like a, like a suggestion. Bar suggestion. Bar suggestions. Oh, we're Sweet. thinking... We're Shockaby. <laughs> Shockaby. <laughs> absolutely suggest it. I suggested uh, St. Michael, but... <laughs> Our suggestions okay. or meetup locations, I think, would be a good, good idea. Uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, we need actually, like, you know, a large amount of people to participate in it instead of oh, just, yeah. like, the four of us. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, I, th- I think your suggestion for, uh, wh- where were you thinking? It's called the cafeteria in Uptown this month? Uptown cafeteria. Yeah. It's in, um, it's right, well, it's in Calhoun Square. Great. I think it'd be good. I think that's a good spot. So. There's parking there, a bunch of bars, like a deck. Bunch of nerds talking about games. There's a well, you blend in with hipsters these days, so what? It's not. <laughs> <laughs> That's not the look I'm going for. <laughs> Wait, they blend in with me. It's like, sorry, Ryan, you're sporting that ironic nerdy look. <laughs> <laughs> All the hipsters are. This isn't ironic, though. Right. That's yes. Aww. It's all natural. <laughs> <laughs> this this stuff came preloaded. <laughs> oh, I thought it was Maybelline, but. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, the internet. If you do a search, I'm sure. Um. We would love to hear your comments and suggestions as well. Um, if you got a question or something too, let us know. Um, Zach, I'm going to ask you to close us out. You're up. And also, we would love to hear you speak, or even if you just got suggestions about uh, things that uh, you'd like to hear about, uh, or you'd like to throw your friend under the bus and have them speak. Just uh, get in t- contact with us. And thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, everybody. Yep. Thanks. Thank you, folks. Have a good evening. Can we start on here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can I can uh I can foley it. Nice. I wanna be the magic the magic goat. Ah. <laughs> <laughs>